Welcome in to episode 17 of Sam and Gabby's Fantasy Football Show. It's week 15 in the NFL. It's December 15th. It's the evening on Wednesday, uh, just for record for the recording. Uh, but it's a very exciting episode for me. Uh, I'm your host, Samuel Bigelow. Gabby Mozipo, who normally is my co-host, is not here with us today. He is on vacation, so we all hope he's having a great time. But I am joined by a very special guest. I'm joined by my little brother, Andrew. Andrew, welcome to the pod. Yeah, little brother, big brother, actually. But yeah, I'm happy to be here. Um, I don't have any handles to mention, but I'm glad to, I'm glad to be here and try to usurp Gabby and his fantasy reign on this podcast. <laughs> well, we're very grateful to Andrew for stepping in and filling in uh, for Gabby here. So uh, without further ado, we'll get right into it. Uh, it's uh, for everybody now, playoffs are underway. I can't imagine you're in a league where they haven't started yet. Uh, but that's exciting for a lot of people, sad for some. Uh, but we'll get everything you need to know, our usual format, uh, to help you win your, win your week and hopefully win your league. So as you know, first segment, news and notes. Uh, just, just to jump right into it, Austin Eckler. Uh, he had an in- ankle injury. Uh, he practiced m- most of this week so far. Um, so he should play. Um, Justin Jackson would be the handcuff to add, though, just in case. Uh, there is a possibility that Austin Eckler does miss this game, and I think, personally, Justin, Justin Jackson would be the handcuff um, just, as, just as a backup. Or if he re-injures or further injures the ankle uh, in the game, even if Austin Eckler does go. So if you're an Austin Eckler owner, I would own Justin Jackson as well. Uh, Andrew, do you think... The, the handcuff there is Justin Jackson, or do you think it's somebody else? I don't know. Do you have any worry about Larry Roundtree? I do have a little bit of worry about Larry Roundtree. He was looking pretty good uh, bad? early in the season when he got some run. I would say you'd have to be in a real deep league to add to Larry Roundtree. That would be a deep dynasty ad for me. I'm not, I'm not that worried about Larry Roundtree, but I am concerned if Austin Eckler is not to go. I am concerned about it being a committee in, uh, in L.A. instead of Justin Jackson getting the majority of the work. But I think Justin Jackson would be the guy who would get the most targets, yeah. in my opinion. So that's why I would go and get him, especially, of course, in PPR. Uh, but I do think there's a chance that Larry Roundtree does go out there and be the number one back. That wouldn't surprise me if Austin Eckler does miss. Yeah, they've never really seemed to want to commit to a committee in the past. Uh, with Or not committee, sorry. They never really wanted to commit to Justin Jackson in the past. So I think that they definitely would probably go to a committee. I mean, Justin Jackson will probably get most of the work, so I agree with you on the, on the idea that if you want to play a Chargers back, Justin Jackson is the one to go. The question for me would just be, do you think that he's going to get enough usage with Larry Roundtree kind of there? And also, and the fact that they do have Justin Herbert, and he, he can take over games, and they don't really need to run the ball, and it might actually not be that effective without Austin Eckler, who's a really talented back in the league. And if you have Justin Jackson, it really just doesn't have the same effect. I would say he's never really been a bang-up back that I've been confident in starting, not like Alexander Madison or any of those types. No, I definitely don't. I think Alexander Madison and, and those guys in that kind of category are like for sure lock it in. Yeah. Low end RB1s, whereas Justin Jackson for me would probably in like a standard 10 man league. He's desperation a little bit. Um, I don't know if I would even say that. I'd say he's probably high maybe end. Maybe not in the league like this, but. Maybe high end flex, maybe low end RB2 category. Yeah. Um, I would, yeah, it would be. 
I, I would have a hard time believing you have a ton of uh, better players than him on your roster um, in the running back category as backups if Eckler is out. But True. I would be... Uh, I would be sweating it out through that matchup, that's for sure. Uh, yeah, I'd be watching <laughs> Justin Jackson more closely than my other players, to say yeah. the least. Yeah, you'd be hoping for catches, for sure. But uh, continuing on, staying in L.A., uh, the Chargers, uh, Keenan Allen, he participated in practice on, on Wednesday today. Uh, so, sounds like he's going to be all good to go and play in Thursday night's game, which is good news. Um, so, that's great. Um, and then continuing on, the other team in L.A., Tyler Higby. Unfortunately, did miss last game on Monday, uh, but he actually was a COVID false positive. Uh, oh. So he uh, he missed the game and actually was not positive for COVID-19. And so that is just unfortunate for him. But he'll be back this week and be uh, in full in full, uh, in full full swing. And uh, he's actually my best of the rest tight end start of the week this week. Uh, we'll go more into him later when we get into the matchups portion, but I think he's a really solid start this week. Uh, but moving on to our COVID situations that you're going to want to monitor for sure. Uh, Cleveland, first off. They are a COVID situation. They are, yes. I mean, Stefanski's, Stefanski's got COVID again. again. I can tell you more players who uh, don't have COVID, or more players who do have COVID than don't, I would say, is an accurate way to describe it. Yeah, no, it's pretty bad. <laughs> that would save you some time. They put out the alert that Stefanski had... Uh, had COVID, and it seemed like they really wanted to emphasize that he had done all he could. He had his vaccine and his booster. He just happened to get it again. He was like, it mm-hmm. seemed like he was like, I did everything I could, but I still got it. And yeah, so it's going to be a li- Baker is on the COVID list right now. Landry, Jarvis Landry is on the COVID list, and Austin Hooper. Uh, so we'll see if they are, uh, see what their status is. It's going to depend, of course, on vaccination status. The COVID protocols in the NFL are going to be different for everybody. Uh, so for everybody that we on the Browns uh, that is coming up on the COVID list, you're just going to have to monitor those guys on your roster. And that's going to be the case for the next couple guys we talk about on the Rams as well. Uh, Odell Beckham also got placed on the COVID list. Real quick, what are your thoughts on Browns running backs? Are you rostering to Ernest Johnson? And if so, in what kind of leagues are you? What are the limits of that? Uh, I'm rostering to Ernest Johnson. Because out, no? Kareem Hunt is, uh, he is later in the show doc. Let me see here. He didn't practice today, um, and Stefanski said he is unlikely to play, but it is not 100% that he's out, but of course, so he's like I just out. said, yeah, yeah, unlikely, yeah. Um, but I'm still with Nick Chubb, still there, um, and I don't believe Nick Chubb is on the COVID list. Um, I could be mistaken, but um, if Nick Chubb is playing, then I'm not really playing Dearness Johnson in any league other than... Um, other than probably a deep dynasty, but you know if yeah. if you're really trying to be smart and you're trying to be really prepared, it's not the worst idea to pick him up if you have Nick Chubb or or in general because mm. if COVID's going around the Browns, oh yeah, anybody could be next. You I actually know. yeah I actually only bring it up because I am starting Dearness Johnson <laughs> probably in our dynasty league uh, where I am currently in the semifinals. This probably will not make or break my matchup my the rest of my team is good it's just my rb2 is just a mess so i'm really between in this league i'm between matt Breida and durnis johnson if you're wondering where i'm leaning on that it's durnis johnson so <laughs> if anyone else has that issue there you go yeah I, I in that specific uh question i'm definitely i had have to say durnis as well you just I don't know matt Breida. he could definitely pop but only in a pbr league and 
Yeah, to Ernest, I'm hoping for a touchdown. I think. Yeah, I think he'll definitely get some run. Yeah. Uh, I just have, I have a hard. T- I don't think he'll get many catches, mm-hmm. and I, and so that's gonna really hurt you in the PPR league for sure. So. Yeah, for sure. Um, but continuing on with the COVID situations, uh, in LA on the Rams, Odell, he's on the COVID list as well. Van Jefferson, I think we both agree. We talked about him briefly before the show. is a, is an interesting pickup uh, and a good play this week if Odell is to miss. Um, and that's that's part of the reason also that I think Tyler Higby could be a good play at tight end this week just because if Odell Beckham is gone. He um, was on the COVID list right after the game, right? Co- uh, Odell. Odell Beckham. Yeah, uh, I believe it was. I'm not exactly sure when he went on it, um, but I do believe it. I mean, it was, of course, fairly recently. Yeah, I think so. It's only Wednesday, so yeah, I guess so. Um, but yeah, he is, uh, it's going to be, he, there is, there is a chance at this point that he does play, uh, mm-hmm. this weekend, but it, I, it seems to be very, very slim, um, from my understanding of the COVID protocols. So, uh, but also in LA, Daryl Henderson, uh, he was placed on the COVID list last week. Hasn't really been any updates. So, uh, hold on to Sony Michelle, keep an eye on that situation. Uh, Sony Michelle is the obvious handcuff there, I think. Um, so well, yeah, I do really like Sony Michelle. But one thing I actually wanted to say is about Van Jefferson, who I actually am in love with. I had I had a couple of dynasty drafts, and I think I picked him up in both of them, and I, I somehow lost him, and I'm just heartbroken about it. But if you if he's available in your dynasty leagues, pick him up, and honestly, in any of your leagues, really pick him up, just because this week if Odell's out, he's already been a guy. But he's kind of a guy like Cooper Cup in a way, but before Cooper Cup, obviously Cooper Cup is a top tier receiver in the NFL at this point. And he's, and Van Jefferson is more emerging at this point in his career. They're at very different points in their career, but Van Jefferson is a really cerebral player. He knows, a lot of people say that Cooper Cup knows the routes, and a lot of people say the same thing about Van Jefferson. And coming out, a lot of scouts were saying that he was the best route runner in the draft. So I think if you, if you were, in any limbo of getting uh, Van Jefferson, I would say pull the trigger immediately, and you probably even won't get him, but I would definitely put my hand in the ring, you know? Yeah, no, I definitely think he's a great pickup, even in redraft leagues for redraft leagues for now because Odell could be out in, in like, standard 10-man leagues. Um, I'm probably not interested if Odell isn't out at this point. I'm not as excited as you, but I definitely see the potential. And I think what's really going to be interesting, just looking ahead at this uh, right now, just uh, looking ahead into the future for Dynasty, or I guess just in general, uh, the Rams receiver situation, they're actually pretty stacked at wide receiver, if you think about it. They, of course, have some injuries, uh, but they, Robert Woods, uh, Cooper Cup, Odell Beckham, and Van Jefferson, that's a really, really talented uh, Oh yeah, that's a really talented receiver core. And I mean, I don't think, I'm not sure exactly what Odell's contract is, uh, but I don't know if it's, if he's for sure going to be there next year or not. Um, and so I think it'll be really interesting who sticks around there um, and how that affects Van Jefferson. So Yeah, one anecdote I have about Van Jefferson that I've heard is that actually a lot of people don't know this, but Van Jefferson, is a he's been a perennial uh, wide receivers coach in the NFL. And he actually, uh, it was said by Calvin Johnson that he was the best coach that he ever had in the NFL. His dad? His dad. Yeah. And he and obviously Van Jefferson is the son of that, and obviously he plays wide receiver. So I think that there's some trickle down effect. Obviously that doesn't put anything in stone, but I mean if you're if you're looking for something to sell, you want a guy. I don't know how that doesn't get 
that doesn't just get Definitely you sold. Definitely doesn't hurt. Definitely doesn't yeah. hurt. Yeah. Um, I don't know if it sells me on it. You still got to have the physical talent. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, it definitely doesn't hurt. Uh, moving on to some sad news. Elijah Moore, rookie breakout receiver for the Jets, of course. Uh, he had a quad injury that's put him on IR. He's out at least until week 17. Uh, so, you know, for all intents and purposes, for fantasy, he's basically done. If you have a matchup in week 18, maybe hold on to him. But uh, I have a hard time believing you're going to play Elijah Moore in week 17, the first week he's eligible to come back. Um, and so if you don't have a matchup in week 18, he's out for the season for you. So sad news for Elijah Moore. Um, for Dynasty, though, you know, he's going to be great for you moving forward, I think. So uh, unfortunate. Uh, guy to add for uh, for New York, the Jets, because Elijah's out, I think it opens up the door for Jamison Crowder, uh, who's probably already rostered in your league. But I just think that Jamison Crowder is going to have a increased uh, increased workload or increased uh for chance at targets, and so I think that you could see a big jump in Jamison Crowder. He's been a target monster in the past, is a talented receiver, maybe not the best uh, in the NFL or anything like that, but he's he's pretty good, and he, he can definitely be a safety slot receiver. So um, I definitely think that could be good news for Jamison Crowder owners, um, and I think you could go pick him up, and he'll be a little bit more safe and with a, with a higher upside moving forward. Um, curious, Andrew, what are your thoughts on Jamison Crowder? Yeah, I mean, he seems like he would be the next guy in line. I honestly had to pull up the Jets roster there and just see who they had because obviously Corey Davis is out. Yeah. Um, and like you just said, um, Elijah, Moore. Elijah Moore is out. I was like, <laughs> but yeah, so he would be the next guy in line. I mean, he's been a guy there before. And last year, I mean, you had people trading for Jamison Crowder because it felt like he was the guy who honestly kind of was creating points almost like Deontay Johnson this year, getting like 15 points a game. And uh, so he's definitely a good add. I guess if I had to choose a deeper add, I would maybe choose Denzel Mims in a really deep league. Just looking at these names, he's one of the only guys who pops off the page. But, yeah, the Jets, you probably wouldn't want to think long and hard about that one because there's not a lot of players in the Jets who I would really think about. Could you, think fantasy. could you imagine? Because everybody's in the playoffs at this point. Could you imagine picking up Denzel Mims and playing him in your playoffs? Well, I mean, I'm, who might start Darius Johnson? Yeah, I could. <laughs> All right. I guess, yeah, you could. Um, yeah, I've started, I've started bad players before, and it has worked out. When, it, when you start the worst players, and it works out. That's Those the best are the best feelings. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, if you're desperate, maybe that helps you. <laughs> but I wouldn't actually probably start Denzel Mims if I could avoid it. No, that's like that's a real deep <laughs> oh, desperation. Yeah. You could see that in a dynasty. Yeah, game. I could see someone. I could see you stashing, but playing him, Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, uh, next guy on the list, Darren Waller. Uh, he's he didn't practice at all this week yet, um, so it looks like he's going to be unlikely to play again. Uh, but a guy you got to monitor, mm-hmm. of course. But again, seems unlikely to play. Uh, but they are fighting for a playoff spot, so he could come back. I would expect him to be back at some point. I, I don't know. It doesn't yeah. sound like this week, but um, yeah, it could. I I wouldn't be shocked if he did. That's mm. for sure. Uh, next guy, Elijah Mitchell. Uh, he was <laughs> very limited in practice. Uh, he just worked off to the side with a trainer. He's in concussion in the concussion protocol and is having knee issues, so um, it's really unclear if he's going to play. They haven't ruled him out yet, though. Uh, so keep an eye on that. And Jeff Wilson Jr. He hasn't come through for you when he's gotten the opportunity which has been 
uh, unusual for the 49ers and unusual for Jeff Wilson Jr. He's gotten it, gotten it done for you in the past, but I still think uh, he's worth a play if uh, Elijah Mitchell is to miss. And then, uh, yeah, and then I, I think, of course, you know how if he is out, then it would be hasty, but uh, th- there should be no reason uh, that he would miss. So next guy, Damian Harris. He's got a hamstring injury. He got injured in week 13. They had a bye week 14, so we didn't really get too many updates. Um, he's been limited in practice, at least today he was on Wednesday, and uh, he is expected to play this week, uh, but something to monitor still. Could be a little bit of a better game for uh, Ramondre Stevenson, who, uh, as we've talked about before on this podcast, we both, uh, me and Gabby at least, both think that he is a uh, really, really interesting player to add in Dynasty, really talented. Um, since we got you on the on the podcast, Andrew, do you have any thoughts on Ramondre Stevens? Ramondre well, I'm Stevens. glad you asked because actually I was just about to say, I mean, just thinking about watching uh, Damian Harris and uh, Ramondre Stevenson play the Bills, a team I really admire. <laughs> um, I mean, you, obviously Damian Harris had the long run and that was the best run of their night, but uh, I, I honestly felt like watching the game, even when Damian Harris was healthy, maybe he wasn't really that healthy going into the game, but it felt like Ramondre Stevenson was the better running back. He's just a bowling ball. He might be he might struggle in pass protection, so he might be worried about PBR points. But I think that as the season goes down, I mean the Patriots' identity is running the ball. So I think you're gonna see Ramondre Stevenson just gain more and more looks, which inevitably leads to less looks for Damian Ayers. Um, and then but yeah, I think uh I think I think I would be making the best value right now is Ramondre Stevenson. I think I'm not not saying that you couldn't start Damian Harris, but I would look to not do that just because he's playing the Colts. The Colts are a good defense, and then he has to go play the Bills again. And honestly, even though he gashed the Bills on that one run, other than that, he didn't have he didn't have that good of a night running from run to run. I think if you take away that long run, I think Ramondre actually was the better back. Yeah, no, I I uh, I definitely I I agree with all you're saying. I think moving forward as in future seasons we could definitely see Stevenson be the uh, be the number one there and usurp mm-hmm. Harris no problem I mean Ramondre just has got the juice and he looks like a he looks like Dante Hightower running through the Patriots D-line <laughs> so it's kind of scary yeah he's pretty he's pretty nasty I'm excited to see if he can continue to improve uh, but I agree with you I am not interested really in starting either running back this week against Indianapolis um those are both guys that I'd rather start Justin Jackson over, uh, or I'd rather start Justin Jackson over them. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Yeah, and so they're not guys that are necessarily super high on my list. And it's uh, mostly because of the matchup, honestly, rather than how the guys themselves are performing. Well, I think it's a little bit also just the, um, you know, with with a guy coming off of injury, he might be limited. You don't know who's going to necessarily be the number one. Um, and you could definitely see Ramondre Stevenson being the number one if Damian Harris is still a little limited, or you could see Damian Harris being completely back and him having a, a really good game as he's done yeah. multiple times this year. So that's kind of my hesitation as well. But yeah, you're right. Not a great matchup either. Uh, moving on, though, to our next guy, a guy that I'm, I'm not a real big fan of, but you got to keep an eye on him because he, he does... He did have over 100 yards last time he played. Miles Sanders uh, coming off an ankle injury. Uh, The Eagles didn't have a regular practice today because they are also coming off of a bye. They did a walkthrough, um, and so Sanders was estimated to be limited, so uh, they thought he would be limited if it was a full practice. Um, So it does sound like he will play, but it's something to keep an eye on. 
Um, if he does, I'm not super excited. He's another guy I'd start Justin Jackson over, I think. Um, but, yeah, especially since we don't know exactly where he's at health-wise, at least at this point. Um, so monitor his uh, status moving forward. See if there are any reports that come out and see it, to hint at his, uh, his, uh, how, how solid he's going to be uh, when they do play, if he does go. Um, see if he's going to be limited at all in the game. So definitely a guy to monitor. Um, but even if he does play, not a guy I'm super excited about. Andrew, do you see Miles Sanders any differently? I do a little bit, just because he's coming off the bye. I like that, and he's also before the bye, obviously. He came off a big get-right performance, which it does. You can make the argument that everybody has against the Jets. But, but then he got hurt and had to leave. Did he get hurt at the end? That's what I'm talking about. He had the ankle injury and had to leave, and he's, I mean, they had a bye last week, so we didn't get any updates. But he's, uh, he's like mm-hmm. I said, he's limited in practice, so... You know, that is a concern, I will say, but um, to be honest, unless you really were trying to play it safe, I'd probably still land just because I think, like I said, the Eagles are coming off a bye. They're also contend. They're contending for the playoffs. They're not contenders, but they're contending for the playoffs. They're heavily in it, and he's their best running back. I think that, uh, obviously, he hasn't been that great throughout the season, but they need him in times like these. They're going to need him to help out Jalen Hurts and play well if they want to win these games, so... I think we can see. I think I think that you could start him probably like a low end, really low end RB two, maybe even a flex play, and kind of expect ten to fifteen points out of him potentially. I I think he's just a little bit lower than that. I see him as an RB three, uh, low low end flex, but I guess not that far off. But yeah, yeah I could, I wouldn't be shocked if he came and had a solid game, but um, I wouldn't expect it. Uh, continuing on though, staying in the division, we're going to the New York Giants. Daniel Jones, he has been out these last few weeks. He has a neck strain. Um, this is mostly just important, just, I mean, I guess if you're in a 2QB league, but um, mostly important just for the Giants um, playmakers and pass catchers. Uh, he still hasn't been cleared. Daniel Jones, that is, still has not been cleared for contact as of today. Of course, that's Wednesday. Uh, Glennon is expect to, expected to start this week, uh, but it could be Jake Fromm. Potentially there's some talk that he might get the start, but I would expect it to be Mike Glennon personally. Um, so just a negative impact on the Giants' pass-catching options. I don't and, know if I'm starting anybody outside of yeah. uh, Saquon Barkley. No, I would Because I have to. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, Kadarius Tony is like, uh, if, he, if he goes, this a, yeah, it would be a desperation, but I don't think he's going to play. And, uh, yeah, he's... Dynasty stash. <laughs> I don't see, yeah, I don't see any other value besides Dynasty stash, I think. Agreed. Um, Gosh, the Giants. I wouldn't, definitely wouldn't play their defense either. Because <laughs> <laughs> like Leonard Williams is out. So, yeah, that is going to be, I guess, I guess if you were betting, I would bet against them in most regards. But <laughs> Yeah, I definitely agree on that. I think the Cowboys should smoke them, even though the Cowboys haven't been playing that well. Yeah, but I will say about the Cowboys, they're probably the team that be that'll be in like twenty to three, and all their I could see their fantasy options just having a really poor day or mediocre. Even uh, I don't really see like Zeke popping off. I see I could see the Cowboys actually popping off and then benching Zeke. I don't think Tony Pollard's gonna play, but they're gonna bench Zeke I think, and then they're just gonna get Corey Clement some looks. So I think if there's a Cowboys player to add, to go on a little bit of tangent here, I'd add Corey Clement. I think he's a sneaky little add. Really? You, you think that Corey Clement's going to have a good game? Yeah. 
Because I think that, I mean, if there's a team that you're going to play your backups against, it's probably the Giants at this point. Just looking at the players they have available, like, they smoked the Giants with Zeke last time. I think Corey Clement, he got a lot of looks towards the end of the game. I think I would take a, I would, I would probably think about starting Corey Clement in, like, a dynasty league, and then I probably wouldn't play him in a 10-man redraft. But, you know, he might be a, he might be an interesting stash if yeah. you're desperate in looking for a splash play, I think I would think about starting him. I I also think Tony Pollard is going to be out, but I do not think that Corey Clement uh, is is a good play in any league. To be honest, uh, he had 14 touches last week, which is really good, um, and he got you five points with those. So um, he's a good bat. I don't know if I really think. It, yeah, I guess so. Uh, I, actually, no, I don't think so. You don't think so? No, I don't. It's okay. Um, yeah, no. I definitely could see him getting in the end zone, though. But I wouldn't bet on it, personally. But we can agree to disagree on that one. But yeah, Tony Pollard, unlikely to play as well, but a guy to monitor. Um, I don't think that affects Zeke too much. I don't. I do expect Corey, Corey Clement to still get some touches. Yeah, I mean, he's a risky play. It's not the... Well, yeah, but I do think he gets some touches, because last week, Zeke, uh, Pollard was out, and Zeke only got like 65% of the snaps or something like that um, and Clement of course got 14 touches like I said so not the worst play um, but not a guy that yeah I, I'm pretty low on him <laughs> personally but he could he's a, a desperation play in Dynasty for sure um, especially if you need a running back too for on your team so uh, next guy though Lamar Jackson uh, he, of course, sustained an ankle injury that took him out of the game really early uh, over the weekend. Uh, he hasn't practiced as of Wednesday, uh, but they do. They are saying uh, in Baltimore that he's day-to-day, so it's a situation to monitor. Um, and if he does play, I personally think his upside will be capped, um, but I don't think that affects your decision on whether or not to play him. Um, I think if Lamar Jackson goes, you're going to be putting him in the game, um, but I don't think he's going to go out there and get you – 25 points or more or anything like that um, yeah next guy we got Adam Thielen uh, he of course has been out was out last week with the ankle um, there was talk that he might be back this week but it's official that he is going to be out this week um, and so KJ Osborne the guy who had a pretty solid game last week had about 17 points in uh, PPR looked like a really solid pickup we talked about him last week but again if he's still available in some of your leagues which he very well could have been. Uh, I think he's a really solid ad and a really solid play. Uh, wide receiver, low end wide receiver two, high end flex type of type of player. Um, really interesting player as long as Adam Thielen's out. But uh, what do you think about KJ Osborne? KJ Osborne, I like him. He's a really good ad in Dynasty. I mean, he's actually only like twenty four, so yeah, uh, definitely. I had him in Dynasty. I dropped him. I regret it. Um, but yeah, if you have the opportunity, I would go get him in Dynasty. And um, in Redraft, I just think you could pick him up and play him, I guess. He's kind of a guy who might be, he's kind of boomer bust for me. Like, it seems like some weeks he has nothing, and then. But Adam Thielen's like, only been out completely for this one week, so. And he had 17, so. Yeah, but I think Adam Thielen's going to play. No, he just. I, Is he out? He's officially. That's what I said, yeah. Oh, he's yeah, just okay, I did not see that. My bad. Um, yeah. Then I yeah I would probably play him then in redraft yeah yeah no I think he's a really solid play. So flex yeah. Um, also I did want to say about the Ravens. Got I got I'm a little bit late on it but uh, 
if your fantasy season's over and you're kind of bored and you want to follow something, honestly, bet the under on the or bet the Ravens not making the playoffs. Because if you want to hear their schedule, it goes like this: Packers, Bengals, Rams, Steelers. Literally, the only winnable game for them, I would say, is the Steelers, especially if Lamar's out against the Bengals. That is a scary thought to me. I mean, they're a banged up team already. Just think about it. They are like eight and five right now. They lose those four games. It's not looking so hot, and they're gonna. And I think they're eight five eight and four. If they lose those games, they're in one of the more competitive divisions, just in terms of teams coming out and making it to the playoffs. I mean, they're with the Steelers, Bengals, and um, Browns. And you can say that they're better than those teams, but those teams are still going to give them grief, and they're still going to be all clawing for that playoff spot and the division win, obviously. So, honestly, I don't see the Ravens making the playoffs, especially with that schedule. I love Lamar. I love a lot of the players. It's just really not their year with the way Luck's been for them. I think it's going to depend personally, in my opinion, if they can get a win uh, in one of their next three games, because mm. I do think they will beat the Steelers. And then I think if they can get to 10 wins, they have a pretty solid chance of making the playoffs. Um, they even have a chance with nine wins, which is how many I think they will for sure get. Um, because, I mean, they believe they have eight wins right now. So, yeah. um, and I think they'll beat the Steelers next time. So, that I personally think that we will see the Ravens in the playoffs. But I wouldn't be, I guess, shocked if they didn't. That could potentially be Big Ben's last game as a Steeler. That's true. Crazy I think, thought. I think he's going to lose it. <laughs> Not that crazy of a thought. <laughs> no, I think, yeah, I think that will be his last, and I think he's going to lose. Um, next next player, though, moving back into our news and notes, um, Emmanuel Sanders. He's uh, unlikely to play this week with a knee injury. Uh, there's a small chance he plays, but honestly, I don't think it matters. I think they are moving to Gabriel Davis for that role. Uh, Gabriel Davis last week against Tampa Bay, five receptions on eight targets for only 43 yards, but he did get a touchdown. Um, and it's his second week in a row with over 10 PPR fantasy points. So I think if you are looking for a fantasy option in Buffalo outside of Josh Allen and outside of uh, Stephon Diggs, I think honestly you're probably your best bet on a weekly basis is going to be Gabriel Davis, I, I think, moving forward. Not sure how productive he'll be, but I think he's going to be a – uh, a great uh, waiver wire ad this week, or was a great wire, waiver wire ad this week, and if he's still available, go get him. Great ad in Dynasty. I think that the uh, Bills really like him. Um, and I think we could start seeing, I think we are starting to see a breakout, um, and I think that Emmanuel Sanders being out, like we said, is uh, only helping that along. But as the resident Bills fan, Andrew, agree or disagree with that? I agree with everything you said, I think. Um, yeah, I think I might go a little bit further to say that uh, as a dynasty ad, I think that this is uh, Gabe Davis's chance to take the job from Emmanuel Sanders, who's really been kind of like almost been declining in usage, maybe not in terms of playing time, but in terms of targets and catches. You kind of see him uh, kind of ratcheting down. You see Gabe Davis ratcheting up. And another thing to note about Gabriel Davis is that he's probably the best pass-blocking uh, wide receiver on the on the team. So they like to have him on when they run the ball, whether it's with Josh Allen on like a quarterback sweep or like a or like a meaningless running back run, you know. But uh, I agree with everything you said. Yeah, I think that Dawson Knox and uh, Stephon Diggs and uh, Gabriel Davis, those are all players. Oh yeah, I that would be looking to start. Dawson Knox, yeah. Yeah, I don't. I didn't know if you did or not, but Dawson Knox, 
I started my flex last week, played better than MVS. Pretty happy about it. Um, but yeah, I think Dawson Knox is a terrific play. If you're desperate, you could probably play him in your slot. I mean, he's kind of a, he's a guy who's almost like Robert Tanyan last year, where he's just like, somehow just keeps getting these touchdowns. And so if you just need a guy who needs it, if you just want a guy to get you like 10 to 15 points, potentially even more, honestly, with the targets that Dawson Knox gets, he's a huge piece of the Bills offense. So I would be not that afraid to start him in my flex if I, if I happen to have like, let's say George Kittle and him. <laughs> I am by no means recommending uh, that you start Dawson Knox in your flex this week. Um, but I mean, a lot of people do stumble upon these tight end situations where it's like, okay, now I like, especially with this season where tight end has just been like, I don't even know how to describe it. Like, it's just been like, some days you're here, some days you're there. If you don't have Travis Kelsey, like, I don't know, if you, you're not really, or Travis Kelsey, maybe Mark Andrews or TJ Hawkinson, you're not. You haven't been steady all year, can basically guarantee it. But, um, you know, you probably have ended up. There's a lot of teams who probably end up with two good tight ends, and if you if they're good enough, and you don't have anybody else, I wouldn't go to the waiver wire to go just pick up some wide receiver. I'd play Dawson Knox probably if it were me. I but mean, I see why you wouldn't. You know, it would have to be a really deep league, I think, for me to feel good about. Fair enough. I think that you can find upside a lot of times with waiver wire wide receivers, um, and I I have a hard time thinking that you probably that you didn't get anybody with a little higher upside, but. Thought the same thing last week. Proved myself wrong. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, it's it's always going to depend on your situation. I know that's like kind of a cop out. Yeah. Um, like obviously you made the right call. So in in your situation, it worked out for me. Yeah. But it could not work out for people this week potentially. But I think that he. I honestly feel like I feel like Gabe Davis and Dawson Knox will score a touchdown. I mean, this is a get right game for the Bills, and I honestly could see Stephon Diggs not scoring a touchdown, getting a lot of catches and a decent amount of yards for him to have a good day, and then those guys just knock it in the end zone. I mean, I just, the thing about tight ends looking that their way. trying to do that with, like, a tight end like Dawson Knox is, in my mind, he's the most likely to get you, like, he might be more likely than your other option to get you 12 points, but he's far more likely than your other options likely, and this is, of course, just speculative, um, more, just as likely, if not more likely, to get you two points or no mm-hmm. points, and not as likely to get you twenty plus. So yeah. that's kind of my problem with it. Is like if you're not if you're gonna if you're gonna take that sort of risk, I want there to be a really solid reward on the other side. And uh, he's not that Titans like Dawson Knox and around that. He tier is almost more. a conservative play more than he is a boomer bust. But that's kind of that's kind of what I'm saying. He's yeah. more likely Sorry. to get you like ten points. So I guess it like depends on what you're looking for. So that's kind of um, where I'm at with that. And why I would be hesitant but anyways um, moving on to our next couple uh, people here we got some situations in Arizona uh, the running back situation there James, uh, James Connor got an ankle injury at the end of Monday's game he hasn't practiced yet this week and uh, his status for Sunday is unclear but it's just going to be something you have to monitor um, of course with the Monday game and us recording on Wednesday there's not a ton of news at this point so uh, unfortunately we can't get you more but just keep up with the news coming out there around James Conner. And then his counterpart in the backfield, Chase Edmonds, uh, it's unclear what his status is going to be this week. There hasn't been a lot of news out of Arizona about whether or not he'll play. Of course, he's been on IR for the last four weeks, um, and so we're still waiting to see when he will play. But keep an eye on him. He could be back this week, um, and I would expect he'll be back the following week if he is not already. 
And then the saddest news in our last piece of uh, news and notes as far as uh, saddest news out of Arizona is going to be DeAndre Hopkins going down for the rest of the regular season. Uh, tough news if you're a DeAndre Hopkins owner, which I am in many leagues, um, which I've been fighting off pretty well to this point in the season. He's been injured already, but, you know, it's tough. Mm-hmm. You've been waiting this whole time, and he's not coming back. Um I think the thing that the only thing we can really do now at this point is, of course, you can drop him. Uh, but I want to know: is there anybody, any wide receiver in Arizona that becomes interesting enough for you uh, to be adding in a in like a in like a ten man like standard league? Of course, there's guys out there, Ramondre uh, or not Ramondre, Rondell Moore, definitely an interesting dynasty guy. Um, and then, of course, him and like Christian Kirk are maybe interesting in deeper leagues, but I'm, I'm curious about guys that you might have thought about adding as, like, waiver wire pickups if you're in, like, a 10-man standard league. Anybody in Arizona uh, that stands out to you now that we're for sure not going to see DeAndre Hopkins? Um, no, the, the Cardinals are just a tough team, really, to evaluate and tell who is going to get the targets. I think it varies week to week, and um, I guess I could throw in Rondale Moore, but I'm not really confident starting, honestly, any the Cardinals receivers. Um, I think it might be one of those situations where we wait and see as bad as that sounds or anything other than that would be a flyer in my opinion. Yeah, I completely agree. In the three weeks that DeAndre Hopkins was out, uh, week nine through week 11, nobody really stood out to you. Nobody really took over that role. Nobody was like, wow, got to add that person while Hopkins is out. Um, So, I don't think that changes necessarily this time around. I think you're going to have to wait to see somebody prove it to you, like you said. So that's going to conclude our news and notes segment of the show. Uh, Moving on to our judging the waiver wire segment, guys that you might have picked up, our thoughts on popular waiver wire ads this week or guys that might be available. Uh, We obviously already mentioned players like KJ Osborne, Fan Jefferson, Justin Jackson, Jamison Crowder, Gabriel Davis, and Christian Kirk. Um, So those are all guys that we've already given our takes on. All of them we think are worthy waiver wire ads other than Christian Kirk. Um, and so, yeah, definitely uh, go get those guys if you're in need, in need of players um, and they're available. Uh, but guys we haven't mentioned, uh, just a couple we wanted to touch on. Taysom Hill, a guy that I've been talking about for weeks now. Um, he's just had back-to-back 20-plus fantasy point weeks. So um, he's been really great for you for fantasy even when he's been really, really bad for real football. He had four picks in, uh, in his game two weeks ago and uh, didn't play great this last week either. So uh, Yeah, he really had a don't look at it, just start him. Yeah, you don't. Like, <laughs> it's insane how his, his rushing. It could uh, be that again. <laughs> it could. It very well could. I think it definitely could. His rushing floor, though, it just it keeps, you, keeps you safe. He always, he's been getting you 20-plus points. Almost every week he plays the, the starts in this year, and then he was averaging over 20 points, uh, 20 fantasy points a game in his previous four weeks, a stat that I've said on this podcast, I think, for the last four weeks. Um, against Tampa Bay, I think he's going to be needing to try to make something happen. I don't know how successful he'll be as far as winning the football game, but I think he's going to do enough to get you a good fantasy week again. So... I'm, I definitely think you should be adding Taysom Hill. Definitely a solid play. Uh, lower end quarterback one for me. And, you know, if another player in your playoffs needs a quarterback, you should be getting him picked up, playing a little defense, keeping him away from 
somebody in your in your league who maybe needs a QB. Um, so definitely a good fantasy add, even if you have a QB in that situation. But uh, I'm a Taysom Hill fan for fantasy. Uh, Andrew, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I, if Taysom Hill is available, go get him. A lot of people, honestly, it feels like most people rank him inside of the top ten when he plays, and there's good reason. Obviously, the rushing floor is uh, is almost everything in the league today. I remember when I was drafting quarterbacks at the beginning of the season, I was like, if I get a quarterback and he doesn't have a good rushing floor, I honestly don't want him. So I went after Jalen Hurts in a lot of my leagues, and it paid off. And most quarterbacks who rush, they do pay off. But another guy I will throw out who doesn't exactly have a rushing floor, but has a great matchup and his team's been hot, is Tua. I mean, if you look at his performances, it's pretty mediocre. He's had some good games, but more than anything, he's playing the Jets. And most quarterbacks do really well against the Jets. And uh, I feel like this is just all signs pointing to Tua uh, just having maybe a statement game against the Jets. Maybe just throwing bombs to Jalen Waddle. That's a lot of it's a lot of projection. But I mean, any team, any quarterback who's going up against the Jets. I mean, you and if they're on the waiver wire, you got to think about picking them up and starting them. Honestly, at this point. No, I completely agree. I love that you bring him up because two is actually my best of the rest start of the week at quarterback this week. So I think he's a solid streamer. He's probably just outside, just maybe just inside my top ten this week for quarterbacks. Uh, but he's a really solid play uh, if you need somebody. Uh, yeah, he. Uh, the Jets are obviously top ten in most fantasy points allowed to uh, two quarterbacks per game this year. Um, and uh, sorry, some breaking news just came over our desk. It distracted me for a second. Uh, we'll get to that in just a second here. But uh, yeah, like I was saying, Tua, Jets are top ten in fantasy points allowed to quarterbacks a game this year. And against bad defenses, Tua's been good every time against bad defenses. He struggles against some good teams, but he's been really good against bad teams this year. Um, and actually, last time he played the Jets, he had 17.5 fantasy points, which is not a league winner or a week winner by any means, but is definitely pretty solid for you. So, uh, moving on to our next uh, next waiver wire ad of the week or waiver wire ad potential of the week. Uh, Rashad Penny against Houston, terrible defense, uh, but still an NFL team. Uh, against Houston last week, he had twenty six point eight fantasy points. He had sixteen carries for one hundred and thirty seven yards. Got two touchdowns, uh, and he, he actually he just had one reception. But 26 fantasy points for Rashad Penny. Is Rashad Penny uh, the new number one running back in Seattle? <laughs> um, maybe, probably not, actually. They really like Chris Carson, so I wouldn't say that he is. He's really just out here auditioning for another team or playing for a new contract. So I would say that... Um, I would say that with Rashad Penny, I mean, Pete Carroll has kind of hinted at um, he's kind of hinted at Rashad Penny being the lead back, but uh, I, you never really see it for Rashad Penny. I mean, Rashad Penny literally got drafted higher than Nick Chubb. Like, oh my god, just think about that. Imagine being the guy who pulled that trigger. Jeez, probably not in the league anymore, but you are because you're an outsider. But, um, but yeah, I don't know. I think, yeah, I mean, he's the Rashad Penny is the obvious pickup. And even if you don't need a running back, you need to pick him up because someone else is going to 
pick him up that needs him, and it could be the team you're playing in the playoffs. So, I mean, you got he's got to be the number one waiver wire claim on everyone's team, unless you're real desperate for one specific position. Like, maybe your team is pristine and just needs the defense. I could understand that, but... I mean, a lot of a lot of times you just need to go with the best guy available, and he is by far the best guy available and on the waiver wire this week. And um, yeah, I'm I'm not confident that he's Seattle's main back going forward for the future. Well, I mean, rest of the season. Oh yeah, yeah, I'm confident in that. Rest of the season, you're confident. Yeah. All right. I unless don't know he, unless he gets hurt, which uh, we all know he is very good at doing that. So. <laughs> not sure how uh, how confident I am moving forward, but yeah, I definitely think you need to pick him up. And he can be started for sure, but oh my gosh, if you were starting Rashad Penny in your uh, top in your for like in your uh, playoff matchup, that'd be a little nerve wracking. That would be very surprising. But uh, next guy here, we got Russell Gage, uh, the guy we talked about for a lot of weeks since Calvin Ridley stepped away. Um, but over the last four weeks, Russell Gage has had over ten fantasy points. Um, in each of those four weeks, I mean, actually, well, one, one, one of those weeks he had nine point nine fantasy points, but we'll we'll say it's ten. Um, he averages fifteen point one fantasy points a game over that four week stretch, and he's averaging six and a half receptions a game over that stretch as well. So uh, a guy that's being utilized and getting you solid points, a pretty, a uh, fine desperation flex. You know what he's going to get you? He's going to get you about ten points with a little bit higher upside. Um, but yeah, not the worst play in a deep league. Um, pretty solid. So Russell Gage could definitely be out there still in your matchup. Um, is not. He's not the most. Uh, he's not the most uh, sought out guy in the world. So uh, definitely a guy that could still be available for you. But Andrew, uh, before we move on to our breaking news that we were going to talk about, is there anybody else that you think might be a good waiver wire ad or somebody to talk about uh, that we haven't touched on? No, I think we. I mean, it's a tough week for waiver wires. The one thing that we talked about before we even went into this uh, podcast is the most important thing this week for fantasy owners to know is that the people who pay the most attention this week are going to be the most rewarded, more than likely. Uh, just because, obviously, I think everybody knows that COVID is a big deal in the NFL right now. There's a lot of people getting COVID, and um, you never know who's going to get COVID, who's going to be vaccinated who's going to be able to actually just play in the game. So, I mean, above all things, just check your lineup before Sunday. And if you can, check your lineup every day and try to just maybe check, like, your sports news app, whatever you got, and just monitor your guys and just see whatever the see whatever the news is on them and try to make moves based on that. But you're going to be really reactionary this week more than most weeks. That's what I would say. Yeah, no, that's a great point to make for sure. Pay, whoever pays the most attention is oftentimes the winner. Mm-hmm. Um, so definitely great, uh, great advice. Um, yeah, so yeah, don't be afraid to be aggressive. It's getting down to the to the end. So yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, and then a, another piece of somewhat breaking news that isn't the breaking news that we were going to touch on that are big news, but uh, the NFL did say that with all the COVID cases coming out. It is being reported that the NFL has said they're going to re-examine their COVID protocols. Um, so there could be some big changes and that could make it uh, maybe tighten the t- tighten up the ship. We'll see. Um, it'll be interesting to see how that goes moving forward. But uh, moving on to our big piece of news that just came out. Uh, Jaguars have fired Urban Meyer. The coach marred in controversy as the season, season has gone. And honestly, before the start of this podcast... 
me and me and Andrew, dude, with complete transparency, we were talking. How much are we gonna say about Urban Meyer? He's being talked about everywhere about how poor of a job he's been doing, um, and we had decided that it just wasn't worth our time. I think that everybody else had touched on it, but uh, we're honestly probably the first show to report on this because. It's Probably. literally coming out as we're recording right now. We basically broke the story. Yeah, we yeah we <laughs> he brought, he called us and told us that's exactly what happened. Yeah, hey, uh, he uh, yeah just, just coming out right now. We're obviously not reporting it, but um yeah it's he's been fired. Daryl Bevel is going to be the interim head coach. Which, oh God. Yeah, I, I know. <laughs> goes from uh, bad goes from to terrible worse, to bro. really bad. Actually, I, I don't know if it's worse or not, but it's not good. They will be passing it on the goal line. Sorry, James. How I think the one thing that I want to ask is uh, how happy is Trevor Lawrence right now? I don't know. I don't think he. I think he is. He's, he's nervous. Ecstatic. I think he's nervous. Honestly, he's ecstatic. I don't think he wasn't nervous before, but I think he's just nervous in general. I mean, he's like, can I please just get a good offensive coach? Just bring him in the building. Bring in a Shanahan type. Bring in a big Vay type, anything like that. I think if you're Trevor Lawrence, that's what you're hoping for. Because when uh, when this happens early on in a quarterback's career, you always kind of worry: Are they going to be able to adjust? They kind of puts people behind. We've kind of seen that with uh, Sam Darnold a lot when he's gone through so much turmoil with the Jets, and obviously now on the Panthers, they just fired their OC as well. So it's like when you don't get to stick in the same OC's system for so long that is a detriment to the quarterback and honestly we see a little bit in Baker Mayfield not to the same extent for when he was with Hugh Jackson with uh, Freddie Kitchens as the offensive coordinator that obviously Freddie Kitchens became the head coach and then Stefanski came in which is a lot of change for a young quarterback and isn't always necessarily great for a franchise so if I had Trevor Lawrence I might be trying to if I have a dynasty I mean you probably don't have him in recap but I have a dynasty uh, if I do, I might try to trade him for another rookie quarterback if I can. Not trying to give up as much value as possible, but you kind of just need to sit on him. So, I think uh, I think the Jacksonville job is going to be fairly attractive uh, for some coaching candidates. I think for sure. I think Trevor Lawrence has shown enough where people will be excited to go there. Head coaching candidates, that is. So, um, I'm excited to see what Trevor Lawrence does moving forward. Not excited about Daryl Bevel taking the helm, um, but I don't think it's going to be worse than Urban Meyer. Um, as far as Trevor Lawrence and the pass catching options there, but I do think there is one major thing that really matters from this firing as far as fantasy football goes in the in the right now, and that's I think James Robinson. Mm. Um, he was going to be somebody we talked about when we went through the matchups as somebody who you have to bench. Now I think I'm not as confident on that. You have to bench. Uh, I still think you probably want to find somebody else if you can to start, but James Robinson has a total of 2.9 fantasy points combined over the last two weeks. Um, I think I'm hopeful for him, though. I'm hopeful for him, too. Uh, he's, been a, he's been a good back. I mean, I, if, if everyone, if you believe what everyone said around him in the, build, in the building, and obviously I think what means the most to me is what Trevor Lawrence says. When you have a quarterback like that coming out, and he's saying things like, we got to get this guy more playing time. Like, that says something. It actually says a lot about a guy. And, uh, and I think that I think that there's no way that you don't get him more points than 2.9 this week, honestly. I, could, I think I could put a guarantee on that. You know, I think it's going to be higher than that. I'm still not confident, though. I'm, 
I am hopeful. It is tough to express confidence, but I'm 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 I might be too scarred. He uh, yeah. I have I don't have him really. I don't have much stock in him. So well, Trevor it's easy Lawrence. For me to say that those comments you're talking about, Trevor Lawrence mentioned those comments last week actually, mm-hmm. prior to the game, and we talked about it on this podcast, and that gave me confidence because I thought, you know, um, I believe that I also agree that that means a lot coming from a quarterback like Trevor Lawrence. I made James Robinson my best of the rest start of the week because nobody else really had confidence in him. And uh, he got you 0.4 fantasy points after that. And, of course, that was with Urban Meyer, who was doing stuff that made no sense to anybody. Um, but, yeah, I'm just a little nervous. In your, in your fantasy playoffs, if you have a better option, if you have a guy that I think is like a consensus or – a guy that you feel is a running back two or higher, I'm playing them over James Robinson personally. Um, do you rank him higher than that? Yeah, you know, I think I, I think in most situations I'm playing him as an RB two, but just because you probably have to, you probably don't have any other better options. But if I if I do, I, I'll avoid it if I can. Yeah, no, that's that's why I say if you have a like, I understand it's again situations um, are they're they're situational. As Pat McAfee would say, situations are situational. Um, so, you know, you got to do what's best for you. And that's why I say if you have a better, like a guy that you would consider to be an RB2 or better, that's the line for me for James Robinson uh, for this week. I hope that he does better and that you can feel more confident in him for the remainder of the season. But uh, that's going to be it for that Jaguars news at this point. We are going to take a brief break and then we'll be right back. All right, welcome back in. We are ready to jump right into our matchups portion. Uh, no sense in in messing around. Let's just get right into it. We got the Chiefs and the Chargers in the Thursday night matchup kicking off tomorrow. We have already talked about the COVID issues going on in LA, um, or sorry, uh, the injury issues, other LA with the COVID injuries, my apologies, but uh, we've already talked about the injury issues and and people coming back in that matchup, so you're going to have to monitor those people. Um, I think it's going to be a good game for Mike Williams as far as people we haven't already talked about. Mike Williams is going to be, I think, a really good good play this week. I think it should be a really high-scoring game. I believe the the over-under is set at around 50. I think it's 51 last time I checked. Keenan Allen did just come off the COVID list, though. Perfect. Yeah, I mean, he was uh, – I was thinking he should be back. I mean, he did – like we said earlier, he did part or participate in practice today. A little dicey because it was a Thursday game. Or it is a Thursday game. Yeah, so but he's back. He yeah. played practice today, so he'll play. Um, and then, yeah, I think on the Chargers side, we've already talked about the people that are important – uh, but other than Mike Williams, I think Mike Williams could have a good game this week. I think I'm feeling confident in him, even though he's been uh, a little bit iffy at times this season. Yeah, I think he's a good matchup against those corners, though. They don't really have a big guy who uh, – they're physical corners, but they're small and physical, I would say. And Mike Williams is, can match up well against that. He's a big body, so. I completely agree. Um, moving on, though, to the other side, the Chiefs. Uh, on the Chiefs, I mean, I think it's just the usual usual suspects for the most part. You're starting Mahomes, and you're starting Kelsey, and you're starting Hill. None of the receivers really interest me unless you're in a really deep league, and then yeah. you could just pick your favorite and take a flyer. Um, Josh Gordon. I think the question comes, 
in how confident we are around Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Um, and so, Andrew, I'm curious, do you have an opinion on how you're feeling about him at this point? Uh, what are you thinking? Um, you know, I almost feel similarly about him that, that I, as I do to James Robinson. Like, I just, I don't really feel that confident, but I feel like you kind of have to start players like that because you probably put significant draft capital into them. You more than likely don't really have a better option at this point. Uh, maybe, I don't know, maybe if you get Justin Jackson, I would think about starting him over uh, Clyde, but I really don't feel that great about Clyde. But actually, no, I could see Clyde having a good game. I'm going to take that back, actually. The Chargers run defense is shit, and um, I think you run all over them. I could see him having a pretty good game, actually, and having a significant game that people would maybe even say is a breakout game, I guess. If he was to have a breakout game, it might be this one. Because that's a, that's a team that's a playoff team, so I mean... There's a lot of motivation to pop off, and then more than that, the best way to beat the Chargers is to run it on them. Yeah, I, I agree. I think uh, Clyde is a really excellent play this week. Um, he's a guy that I, I really I really see similar to James Robinson. I think that was an interesting, uh, a really good comparison. Obviously, James Robinson has been worse lately, and Clyde is coming off a 19-point week last week. He did get two touchdowns last week, which really boosted that, which is something that I don't think we obviously see every week. Um, but the Chargers, they're the third. Uh, they've been allowing the third most fantasy points to running backs per game this year. So uh, a leaky defense when it comes to the running backs. So Clyde, I think, is a really, really solid play this week um, if you need him. Anybody else in that Chiefs-Chargers matchup, though, that we haven't already mentioned that you wanted to talk mention anything on? Uh, no, I think um, games like that, they deserve to just be watched all the way through. I mean, these are two great teams that are, I can almost guarantee are going to be in the playoffs. So I'm more just looking forward to watching a good game. There's not a lot of players that stick out to me. Yeah, I got. I don't. I can't really think of any. Maybe because no, no I mean, word. most players. A lot of the stars are coming back from the Chargers and the Chiefs. Like we kind of know what they are at this point in the season. Yeah, we're hoping that they start popping off harder. I mean, but most of that. Most of um, what would come of that would really just be funneled. <laughs> Tiger Gill, Travis Kelsey, Bradley, and then Patrick Mahomes, and you, you're probably starting them anyway. So yeah, no yeah, doubt, it's a tough one. Um, no doubt, yes, yeah, straightforward there. Next matchup, we got the Raiders and the Browns, and this is something to keep in mind. There are matchups on Saturday this week. There are two matchups on Saturday. Um, this is the first of them, of course. Raiders, Browns. Uh, the Browns, we've already talked about, is going to be a uh, – their whole team is going to be a situation to monitor as far as their COVID, uh, COVID cases. So uh, tough to give you too much of a look there. But yeah. um, if Jarvis is to miss, Donovan Peoples-Jones is definitely boosted. Still don't know how excited I would be to play him. But that he would, he would only be really a play, in my opinion, if Baker Mayfield is able to go. He is, of course, also on the COVID list at this point. So not clear if he'll play. Um, you really got to monitor that situation, and I think you're playing Nick Chubb if he's the you're playing the number one running back there. And we've of course already talked about Dearness Johnson and how we feel about that. Mm-hmm. So not much there, uh, not much else to talk about for the Browns. Uh, on the Raiders side, I mean, I think it's a pretty another pretty straightforward matchup. We talked about Darren Waller. You could play Foster Moreau as a filling guy if you really need somebody. I was. I mean, you definitely were disappointed last week if you played Foster Moreau without Darren Waller. And, of course, you'd be playing him only without Darren Waller. Um, but, yeah, disappointing, but he's a desperation guy way down the list for me, probably around tight end, like, 15. But in a really deep league, you could maybe see yourself needing him. 
but yeah, other than that, it's just Hunter Renfro for me uh, and Josh Jacobs. Josh Jacobs has seen the running backs around him that were taking touches go down with injuries, and he's, for all intents and purposes, alone in that backfield now. And then Hunter Renfro, similar similar situation. He's seen Darren Waller go down, Henry Ruggs released, um, and Her- Darren, or Hunter Renfro has now been dominating the target share in that offense. He's been playing really well, and so you're, of course, starting him against a somewhat leaky Browns secondary. Um, so pretty pretty straightforward matchup, but Andrew, I, of course, want to give you the opportunity to add anything if you wanted to talk about anybody else there. You know, I think it'll just be more of a sloppy matchup, so I don't really have anything to add. Just with all the potential absences, it's really hard to I totally say. Agree. A lot of the sleepers who we would say now are going to be probably revealed later in the week um, <laughs> when, they, when they figure out who's going to be out and who's going to be able to play. Totally so, agree. I agree with you. Um, Patriots-Colts is the next Saturday game. This one's a little bit more interesting, and Andrew, I honestly, I'm just going to ask you, who in this matchup do you think is interesting? Anybody that you wanted to point out, other than, of course, uh, Ramondre Stevenson and, the Damian, and Damian Harris. We already touched on that situation, but is there anybody else here um, that you wanted to point out, or is this a is this a straightforward matchup for you? Um, this one's less straightforward, more in the fact that I would actually bench. Uh, I would actually bench Michael Pittman for the Colts because uh, it just because he's going to be shadowed by J.C. Jackson. It looks like, and um, I think that he's just going to get worked so hard. I mean, he's just like he's still emerging. He's not to what he can be yet. And J.C. Jackson is literally the best cornerback in the NFL right now. So, I don't know. I mean, there's definitely some debate. But in terms of, like, coverage, he's been better. He's been just as good as Jalen Ramsey this year. He's just been insane. Like, in terms of just shadowing a guy, taking him out of the game, J.C. Jackson doesn't really get much better than that. J.C. Jackson has been good. Um, but personally, I actually think Michael Pittman's going to have a good game. Uh, I actually have Michael Pittman as my best of the rest start of the week at wide receiver, and I know it's a controversial take, which is why I am able to put Michael Pittman there. Um, owners of Michael Pittman have seen a slide lately. He's fallen off since uh, some since his hot start. But that said, he only has had two games with less than 10 fantasy points in, in the last five games, um, and one of those was Week 11 against Buffalo which uh, Buffalo is the number one team as far as fewest fantasy points allowed to wide receivers. And then the other game, or uh, and the other part of that was that Indy, uh, Indy dominated Buffalo on the ground that week and really didn't need to throw the ball. Mm-hmm. As you can remember, it was uh, an awesome game for Jonathan Taylor. Um, and then also against Tampa Bay, a game that you would expect to be pretty good for Michael Pittman. He did struggle, um, but that was just an unfortunately bad game for Indianapolis just in general. Uh, but he still had 9.3 fantasy points, so he didn't kill you. Kill you. So Michael Pittman, um, I think he's pretty safe, and he has a really high uh, upside. And he's averaged over five receptions a game this year. He's the 17th most in the entire NFL as far as total receptions. So he's a guy who I think is going to get targets. And I think that in a game where the Patriots, they are known for shutting down your number one option, your number one option on offense. And... Uh, I think that's clearly Jonathan Taylor. I expect the Patriot, the the Colts to have to throw the ball and try to throw the ball, and I expect them to want to try to go to Michael Pittman. Uh, I do have some concern over the matchup with J.C. Jackson. He's really good, but uh, I don't think he'll be able to shut him down, and I think that there's high touchdown potential for Michael Pittman this week. And I've seen him ranked low in a lot of places, uh, 
due to the matchup, but I just I just have to disagree, honestly. But uh, Andrew, do you have any uh, anything else you wanted to say on on Michael Pittman or on that matchup in general? No, nothing more. I mean, you're obviously starting John the Taylor, and um, yeah, we talked we talked about the Patriots a lot already, and I wouldn't really add much to the Patriots. Maybe you start Kendrick Bourne. I mean, he just had a bye week and then a bad week before that against Buffalo, where they had the snow game and he didn't get any targets. So uh, yeah, you might be able to get him in a deeper league, but other than that, I have nothing to add. All right, next matchup here. We got the Titans and the Steelers. Um, first things first, not much on the Titans side, honestly. I'm not starting anybody, on, not a single person in Tennessee's offense. Uh, Julio Jones is a droppable player if you need a roster spot. I don't think I'm necessarily like trying to replace him, but like if you have anybody on the waiver wire that you're interested in, uh, don't be afraid to drop Julio Jones. Um, yeah, there's yeah, nobody on the resume. He definitely looks like the most droppable player in the league right now. Un- undoubtedly, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's only you're Besides only holding him. Value. Yeah, you're <laughs> only holding him on what he has done. That's Just it. tough to say. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's it's sad. It has not looked good for him out there in Tennessee. Um, and the Steelers, they have a good defense still, even though they've had some struggles. They're still a good D. Um, so yeah, nothing great for for Tannehill either. On the Pittsburgh side. It's Najee. You play him every week. Deontay, uh, Deontay Johnson, also. Same a, story. Yeah, a great play every <laughs> week. And then, and then it starts to get a little bit more murky, of course. I mean, Pat Fryermuth, I think, has uh, been really good for you, but I don't know if this is the week. Personally, I'm not trying to go Fryermuth's way. Um, I think you could do better. Uh, so I'd be going away for that reason. The Titans are actually allowing the fifth fewest fantasy points per game to tight ends on the year so a stingy matchup as far as tight ends go and so yeah him and then chase claypool i think is is probably a pretty good play this week though um you don't think his playing time might get a little reduced um i think it might but i don't think it matters because chase claypool is not the kind of guy who needs like he he oftentimes will only play like 60 percent of the snaps and still be able to produce for you he, he he's gonna be Productive for you based on big plays. You don't necessarily need to be on the field for every snap for that. Um, I still think he's got good big play potential against a, a Tennessee defense that has proven that they can give up big plays. So um, I think at the very least, the Steelers are going to have to try to exploit that. And uh, they have no better option on their team for a deep a big play than, than Chase Claypool. So. Yeah. Um, or dra- they could just do a drag route to Deontay Johnson. Not as high chance for a big play, I don't, I don't think. But um, yeah, I think I think that's all there is to talk about in that matchup. Do you yeah, disagree? nothing. That's not really a standout matchup, just because. Um, I mean, you're literally just talking about the two toughest teams in the league, probably most physical teams that you know. It's just going to be a dog fight, so it's really it's probably going to be not that high scoring of an affair. So I wouldn't really say that that matchup was that fantasy friendly. No, I definitely think both teams would be very happy to just run the ball. Yeah. Um, moving on to our next matchup, one we've talked a lot about as far as on the Bills' side, it's going to be the Bills versus the Panthers. Um, the Bills, we've talked about the receiving core, uh, the receiving options there. I mean, who I are you starting on the Panthers? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe DJ Moore, but I'm like say, bitching him in a lot of my leagues. So. You, you, you beat me to the punch. I think, yeah, that's the question. <laughs> Where are we seeing DJ Moore this week against the Bills? Um, flex, 
flex level, I think for me, um, what do you think? I'm I've taken them out of my lineups, so. So. Um, that tells you what I think about the Bills secondary, pet. Compared to T Higgins, who would you? T Higgins, that's T Higgins. I think that's pretty easy as well. Yeah. Um, Brandon Ayuk. Oh, I literally started Brandon Ayuk over him this week because I didn't even really? think about it. Yeah. Really? Wow. I just did it. I mean. Think about the Bills. I mean, just like trying to name some receivers who have done well against the Bills this year. There's not been a lot. I guess Mike Evans. Mike Evans. That's a fair point. Um, that's basically Michael it. Michael Pittman got 9.3. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you weren't, you were, you're happy because you weren't disappointed when that happened, but it's just like, uh, if DJ Moore had a quarterback, I mean, I think Sam Darnold actually was designated for return, so I guess there's some optimism there. But Sam Darnold has never been good without Christian McCaffrey, and he's never really good against the Bills either. So I wouldn't be looking to start anybody on that team. No, I'm definitely not forcing it in my lineup. It's kind of a desperation. Um, in my league with DJ Moore, I'm, I don't have him in a lot of places, but in the league I do have him, uh, I'm not starting him either. Um, and it's like a standard 12-man league, so and I'm not like a juggernaut. So, yeah, I agree. Not a not an amazing start. Hasn't scored less than 14 points in any of the last three weeks, though. Um, but their schedule has been pretty cheese, so I don't know how much that says for you. It seems like he gets, like, he's had some big chunk plays and then a lot of, like, smaller catches, I guess. He hasn't had any, um, any big games since the first five weeks. He killed yeah. it, but... Uh, first four weeks so yeah I think his upside is pretty well gone out the door and so yeah you know you've as we've talked more about DJ Moore I think I've gone to the side I would play I would play Brandon Ayuk over him as well I think or you know what if you need a if you want 12 points 10 points 12 points I play DJ Moore but if you need more than that you got to go with Brandon Ayuk Um, so that's how I look at it they're they're useful in different ways I could very easily see DJ Moore outscoring Brandon Ayuk, but that's a very specific situation. We don't need to delve more into that, um, but that's kind of how we see DJ Moore. I I would say just outside of the flex uh, consideration in like a standard 10-man league now that we've talked it out a little bit more. Um, but yeah, nobody else in Carolina you want to you wanna play, and uh, there's no Bills running back that I'm playing in otherwise, except for in a very deep league. Maybe Matt Breed in the PPR. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't think so, but maybe. Uh, next matchup, though, Eagles versus the Washington football team. Eagles, I think, are a really solid defense to play this week. Uh, but uh, yeah, there's not, it's, not, it's not entirely sure, clear if Jalen uh, Hurts will play this week or not. Sounds like he probably will, but not 100% guaranteed. Uh, we've already talked about Miles Sanders, but personally, I'm I'm just not interested in the Eagles' running game, and unless I'm desperate. On Washington's side, we saw a tough game from Taylor Heineke. Uh, unclear if he'll even start this week. He's a little banged up, a little bit didn't play well. Unclear what the deal is going to be there, but uh, Terry McLaurin, I I can't see you ever really benching him, uh, no matter what. And then I think Antonio Gibson. I mean, he's ha- was playing really well until last week where the, he only got four fantasy points um, so I think you still got to go out there and play him uh, but you're definitely a little bit nervous about it mm. I'm playing Antonio Gibson uh, how do you feel about Antonio Gibson uh, and that Washington backfield I don't feel great about playing him but he's one of those guys that if you got to roll him out I think kind of like 
if you don't have anybody else. He has been like, he's been so, he's been so weird for fantasy, Antonio Gibson. I mean, he started out not killing it, and then he just got way better, and then way worse, and then got back to killing it, and then, yeah, gave you four points. It's just so weird. He's just inconsistent, uh, but like you said, he's kind of the guy you got to play. I'm playing him for sure as a low-end RB1, high-end RB2, um, just for that upside. So, yeah, roll him out there. Um, anything else in that matchup, though, before we move on? No. Um, I don't think there's too much going on there. Pretty clear-cut. These teams know each other. I think you, you start Devontae. You start... I think Jalen's going to play. I think you start him. Uh, Dallas Goddard, uh, unless you're in one of those two tight end situations I cited before where it's like you have the top tier guy or maybe you got a guy and then you got Dallas Goddard, I think uh, that you probably started Dallas Goddard. Um, yeah. Yeah, no, I definitely think Dallas Goddard's a really solid start this week for sure. Um, and then, yeah, so next matchup. We got Texans, Jaguars. We already talked about the coaching change. We've talked about how it affects James Robinson. So uh, the only other thing to mention is it sounds like Rex Burkhead is not going to play. So if you're really running back desperate, David Johnson could be a start. Uh, you could play Brandon Cooks if you're feeling wild. Um, but I would say probably avoid that. Uh, I would not trust Davis Mills, especially if you're in a playoff, playoff matchup. Mm-hmm. Um and then, yeah, there's nothing else in that matchup, though, that I want to talk about or bring yeah. up for sure. So I think we could just move God. on. Jaguars. And Texans, that, <laughs> that, that division sucks, dude. I oh can't believe God. the Bills lost to the Jaguars, just like with all that's happened now. Yeah, that did not age well. Thanks for bringing that up. That was good for a laugh. Um, Let's ne- move on. <laughs> <laughs> Next matchup. Cowboys Giants, uh, classic classic matchup. Not necessarily the most exciting. I think it's going to be a pretty easy victory for the Cowboys, even with their struggles recently. Um, the Giants that we talked about there, we don't know who their quarterback is going to be, and so you're not playing any pass catching options there. We already talked about Saquon being the only interesting player there uh, or guy you're going to play um, on Dallas's side. It's same old, same old for the most part, other than Tony Pollard, who we already talked about. You're playing Cooper and you're playing Lamb. Uh, I think Michael Gallup is a guy you can play as a low-end flex with high upside for a big play. But that's about um, that's about it as far as pass-catching options other than Dalton Schultz, who uh, would be a solid play. Um, but I could really see this game not being a game where, people, where they pass too many times and uh, could be a little bit disappointing, I think, for Dalton. Um, but he is definitely a solid play, per usual. And... Uh, yeah, so I'm just curious, uh, how do you feel about Michael Gallup? Um, I don't feel great about that. Um, I just feel like this is a game where the Cowboys honestly aren't going to pass the ball. I don't even feel great about Amari Cooper, so I don't, I don't see how I can feel great about Michael Gallup. Just seeing as this game, the Cowboys aren't even playing that good of football, but they're just going to go in to play the Giants and be like, hey, let's do what we got to do to get a win and get out. So there's not much fantasy value there. I totally agree. Um, next matchup, this one's going to be pretty similar. I think it's going to be Cardinals-Lions. Uh, Cardinals, obviously, an amazing defensive play this week. Uh, we talked about the receiving situation. I think our conversation we had about who might step up in Hopkins' absence holds true in this game and I think is 
even less exciting. I think it's going to be probably a pretty pretty solid run game for whoever ends up being the running back for Arizona, which I would expect to be James Conner, but as we mentioned earlier, is not 100% guaranteed. Could be Chase Edmonds. I would love to recommend a third running back for you, but it's honestly such a murky situation at this point, considering that the Cardinals played on Monday, that it's a little too early uh, for there's no nobody else who really stands out at this point. So um, you just got to continue to monitor that. I would expect it to be Chase Edmonds or James Conner this week, uh, but that is not confirmed yet. And then other than that, you're playing Zach Ertz if you need a desperation tight end, but I don't think he's necessarily the best option just because it's probably not going to be a game where the Cardinals have to throw too much. On the Lions side, TJ Hawkinson was a, a later in the week, late uh, – late uh, COVID ad, so missed missed the game, um, or went on the COVID list late last week and missed the game, so he should be back this week. He's the only guy on the Lions that I'm playing, unless you're in a super deep league, and then you might, I guess, take a shot at one of their their wide receivers, but... I feel like Amon Ross St. Brown is a solid start. Yeah, I mean, but right. in a deep in a deep league is the only place I would play him. I mean, Really? Do you, you I disagree? I would start him on my flex. You're you're a St. Brown guy? Yeah, I would think about starting him over Amari Cooper. You would start him over Amari Cooper? I would too easy as like an absurd amount of targets and uh, points. Yeah, I mean, he has 15 and then 24. Uh, It's obviously Amari Cooper's like miles better than him, but like, I mean, he's a guy, he's a rookie, he's got something to prove. Uh, Amari Cooper is just trying to make it the playoffs, I would say. Uh, I definitely don't think that I would play him over Amari Cooper, but... He has been better than I even realized. Last two weeks, two 24 weeks. targets. Just going to throw it out there. No, he's he's been getting a lot of targets throughout the whole season. 12 a game. Um, he's, yeah, he's been a very targeted player, just in general. But he hasn't been consistent with that, and I don't think the Lions have the ability to be consistent. Um, I expect a bad week from him. His previous two games, Denver is a solid defense, but not like amazing by any means. And Minnesota has been really leaky. Um, and they actually, of course beat Minnesota, so the one game that they won, uh, Amon Ra, St. Brown had his best game of the year. So that's why I don't think it's necessarily going to continue, and definitely why I would start Amari Cooper. Um, but it's not the worst pick, and definitely uh, something I'm glad you brought up. Something uh, a about. guy I was going to skate by. And then, um, yeah, definitely a definitely a really interesting ad in Dynasty. And uh, in a deeper league, he's definitely a solid play. Um, but... Before we move on, uh, just Jamal Williams would be the running back to play this week. DeAndre Swift sounds like he might go on IR. What was that? So I forgot about him. Yeah, um, I almost did as well. And then DeAndre Swift sounds like he'll go on IR potentially, but has not yet. So keep an eye on that situation. Next matchup here, though, we got our final matchup of the first window of games on Sunday. We got the Jets and the Dolphins. Uh, Jets, we've already talked about the one person that I think is even remotely interesting on offense, which is Jamison Crowder. Um, and then on the Dolphins side, I think there's lots of interesting pieces. We, of course, already talked about Tua. He is my best of the rest start of the week at quarterback, as was said prior. I also think that Miles Gaskin will be very good. He's my running back start of the best of the rest start of the week this week. The Jets allowed the number one um, number one, most points allowed to running backs per game um, in fantasy. So, obviously a great matchup just in general. And uh, last time the Jets played the uh, – Miami played the Jets, Gaskin had 18.6 fantasy points, and he had a season high in carries, which was 23. 
Um, so I expected another big game from him. Um, and Gaskin has received uh, less than 14 carries only one time since week seven. So he's had lots of involvement since then. And I have a hard time believing that if he can get 14 touches, which he has almost every week, that he won't, at least 14 that is, that he wouldn't be productive against a team as bad as the Jets. So definitely think this is going to be a solid Miles Gaskin week, even though he has been up and down this year. Uh, but I'm definitely a believer in his ability this week for sure against a really poor matchup. Um, and then you can play Mike Gusecki. Jalen Waddle is, of course, an excellent play. And a guy that you could play if you're desperate, but I'm mostly just keeping an eye on is uh, Devonta Parker. Um, yeah, I would you, say the same. You, 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 you have a he is, I mean, he's a super talented guy, so whenever you have a guy like that who's just not producing in Canada, just got to keep your eye on them. Well, he's been he's been in and out, had a lot of injury issues this year. Oh yeah. Uh, but should play this this week, and yeah, I think I, honestly I'm probably trying to avoid starting him. And they've been good without him, so they don't really obviously there isn't like a huge need for him to come back and like save them or anything. <laughs> honestly, I think the most uh, the most impactful part of him coming back for this week is just um, maybe just a concern that uh, Jalen Waddle doesn't get as many targets, so that's mm-hmm. something to keep an eye on. But. Anything else in that matchup, though, that you want to touch on before we continue? It's a, not the best two teams. Yeah, no, I think you know who, uh, I think you know most of the players already who who and who not to start. I mean, it's it's the same guys who've been starting all season. Those teams, there's not a lot of options, so. All right, next matchup is going to be the Bengals and Broncos, and this is a team, or two teams that the Broncos were one of the, are one of the most disappointing as far as fantasy goes with so many options nobody's really stood out to be even really relevant as far as fantasy in the in the pass catching game Javante uh Javante Williams is definitely a start this week is mm. Melvin Gordon as well um they've been great they're the only uh, options on the Denver Denver offense that you want to play um as far as the Bengals they've been the opposite of Denver this year uh they've been really surprisingly good Jamar Chase had an excellent game last week. I believe he caught two touchdowns. And T. Higgins has really come on strong after having a pretty mediocre start to the season. I think you start both those guys with confidence. And, of course, you're starting Joe Mixon with confidence as well. Um, that team is kind of becoming a pretty pretty set it and forget it when it comes to those three guys. But I don't think there's much else in that matchup that stands out. But, uh, of course, I want to give you the opportunity if you disagree. No, I think that, um, I don't know, I feel like you kind of have to keep starting Jerry Judy, but I, I prefer not to if you have another option. I'm kind of in that situation where I'm just rolling him out there and hoping that he does better soon. But, yeah, no, I, I guess if I could tie the Bengals back into my uh, Ravens prediction, I think that the Bengals actually do win the division. So, uh, they're a good team. But, uh, yeah, I don't really have much to say about their fantasy. I fantasy agree, values. I think. I think Bengals win the division as well, um, but they're the most talented, most healthy team at, uh, in that division. So agreed. Um, next matchup here, we got the Falcons playing the 49ers. And Andrew, I'm going to let you take us through this one. It, what in this matchup stands out to you? We've already, of course, touched on the running back situation for the 49ers. Um, but is there anything in this matchup? I think I'm mostly curious about your take, probably on Kyle Pitts. 
Um, mm. But I'll give you the opportunity to mention anything in this matchup. Yeah, I think that Kyle Pitts is a guy that, um, I mean, obviously we were hoping for more things. It seemed like it was ratcheting up midway through the season. You were like, hallelujah. But, um, you know, I, Dynasty, I think you should still be thrilled. But in redraft, it is, it is kind of what it is at this point. And I don't think that he finishes... Maybe you get lucky he finishes the season strong, but I'm I'm still scouring the waiver wire looking for t- uh, other tight ends to potentially start over him. I can't even though that's not really there's obviously not a ton of options and you're kind of open that someone makes a mistake and drops someone good. But yeah, I will say about the 49ers, I'm not starting any of their running backs really. I don't I I know Jeff Wilson has been the guy in the past. I don't really I I don't even trust. against a juicy matchup against the Falcons. Uh, love it. I don't love it. I just don't know who the guy's going to be. I feel like I just I just don't feel that good about it. I'm starting um, George Kittle though. If it's a it's clear right now. if it's clear who the guy's going to be if it's clearly going to be if Elijah Mitchell plays, I'm starting him and if he doesn't go, I'm starting Jeff Wilson for sure. No no doubt. I mean, they're RB2s but um, yeah, I'm definitely starting them against Atlanta. They're, they're such a bad... They uh, definitely have the defense. ability to score a lot of points one of them does, I would say, but um, on the uh, on the Kyle Pitts point, going back to that real quick, mm-hmm. uh, 49ers are the allow the fourth fewest fantasy points to tight ends per game this year, so um, a terrible matchup for him. And I totally agree. I I've been saying since the beginning of the year he'd have to be insanely good to be really relevant for you, and he hasn't been insanely good. He's just been really really good. Um, so not quite there. Not a knock on Kyle Pitts at all. He just and not quite there to be relevant for you every week. So if you've been playing him every week, you've been disappointed a lot. Some weeks you've, of course, been happy, like you said. Um, but this week, I think, is one week that if you play him, you will be disappointed. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, of course, just the rest of the uh, Falcons uh, players to touch on. We've, of course, got Debo is, is back in full. He seems fully healthy. Um, and then, or that's, not a, that's a 49er, excuse me. Uh, Falcons, Cordero, Cordero Patterson. Of course, a great play even against a somewhat tough defense. Um, and then we already talked about Russell Gage. But like I said, on the 49ers side, Debo Samuel, great play as always. George Kittle, um, he's just worth a shout-out. Just He's been insanely good um, these last couple weeks. Expect him to continue that. He has been insanely good. I think he's been the tight end one for sure on each of these last two weeks. So uh, if you drafted him and you held, held on to him, didn't trade him away, you were very happy with how that worked out. Um, next matchup here, we got divisional matchup. Seahawks playing the Rams. It's a it's a it's a it's a rivalry game, um, but there's not a whole ton going on in the Seahawks uh, for the Seahawks as far as fantasy. Uh, Russell Wilson, he's been picking it up lately, uh, but I'm still a little bit nervous about the fantasy options. I think you are you have no choice but to play uh, DK and Tyler Lockett. I think that's pretty standard par for the course. Uh, so nothing really exciting there. And then we, of course, already talked about uh, Rashad Penny. On the Rams side, as you, as we've talked about, there's some COVID issues. Tyler Higby, my best of the rest, started the, start of the week at tight end. Um, partially, as I mentioned previously, Odell being out, I think, increases his, tight end, or his touchdown upside. But also, the Seahawks are allowing the fifth most fantasy points per game to tight ends. So good matchup just in general. So I think if if Odell is out, the stars are just aligning for Tyler Higby, and he could have a great game, whereas I think he was already in line for a good game. It's probably just around the tight end 10 for me, or 
yeah, just around tight end 10. So I'm not saying go rush out there and play him over your top guys. Uh, but I think Tyler Higby's a really solid start this week. Um, and he's got a pretty solid, pretty solid floor. He's had five or more targets in seven out of 13 weeks. So he's pretty, really consistent for a tight end, getting used in the offense. And um, mm. the Rams without players only increases his upside. So uh, love Tyler Higby. And then, of course, you just got to monitor Odell's situation. We already talked about Van Jefferson um, and the running back situation there in L.A. So I think we can just move on to our next matchup here. And this one I think is pretty juicy. I'll let you take us through this one as well. Green Bay taking on the Ravens. Uh With or without Lamar? Uh, With or without Lamar, I don't love the Ravens in this matchup. The Packers, I feel like, are... I mean, I feel like it's them and the Bucks in the AFC right now, and everybody else is just kind of watching. But uh, there's varying opinions on that. Obviously, the Rams just beat the Cardinals. But, yeah, I think the Packers blow out the Ravens, and I don't see a ton. I don't see big games for the Packers players, to be honest. I don't see a big game for Aaron. Um, maybe Aaron Jones, if they're trying to run out the clock early. But um, I don't see – I don't necessarily see – uh, Devontae Adams having that great of a game even though the Ravens are juicy juicy matchup for him I think if he can get a tut I think he's he's gonna be in the form that you you typically expect from him but uh, but I just feel like the Packers are gonna get out ahead early and they're gonna want to control the football they do do that a lot they're really good at managing the football which is one of the, why they're one of the best teams in the NFL so I think they just it's more of a manage the football game, like let's get out of here against the Ravens, especially if Lamar doesn't play. If Lamar plays, I think maybe we can expect a bigger day out of Devontae Adams because that secondary is horrible and Marlon Humphreys is out. So, I mean, if they need to, they can definitely expose him. I definitely agree with that. I think definitely think there's more passing for the Packers if Lamar Jackson plays just because it'll be more competitive, like you mm-hmm. said. Um, if Lamar Jackson is out, I think it becomes a really solid game for A.J. Dillon. I think probably a pretty solid game in general for A.J. Dillon. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think he'll do a ton, but I think he's probably going to get you around that 10 points with the potential for getting a touchdown on top of that. So if you're the kind of the kind of person who's in a little bit of a desperate situation for a running back too, um, and you just need a guy and you have A.J. Dillon, I think this could be a week where he's, he's a guy, a kind of a guy to go with. Um, don't be afraid to play him, I don't think, especially, like I said, if Lamar Jackson is out. Um as far as the other players there, I definitely agree exactly with what you said about uh, Devontae Adams. And then on the Ravens side, I think the only guy to mention really is just uh, Freeman. Devonta Freeman should be solid as usual. He should get potentially more run without Lamar Jackson being there. So um, I'm not concerned about him without Lamar. And then, of course, Hollywood Brown would be a bench without Lamar and is probably a, a flex play uh, with him. So... And Mark Andrews, I think you're playing him. Uh, you're playing him regardless. Yeah, I, I, I paused for a second, but I shouldn't have. He didn't deserve that. No yeah, you're playing him unconditionally for sure. Um, so, anything else in that matchup before we move on to our Sunday night one? Did we talk about the Saints and Bucks already? That's the Sunday night matchup. So, oh we, my bad. I thought that was the Monday night for some reason. I think I had my. It's all good. Yeah, I got it. So, um, so, Sunday night matchup, you seem excited. Tell us what you wanted to mention in that Saints-Bucks matchup. Yeah, I was just checking out Tom Brady's matchup because obviously everybody knows, or I guess not everybody knows, uh, but the most under one of the more underrated uh, 
matchups in the league is the or rivalries as it were uh was is the saints and the bucks if you ever watched their game sombre has never beat the bucks in the regular season um with that being said though he has had good fantasy games against the against the saints he's also had really bad fantasy games so i mean if you're if you have someone better i would maybe think about it it's tough to bench tom i know i have him in many leagues but i mean if this if there was a week in which he was to play bad it would be this one so if you can dial up Taysom Hill, I would probably do that over Tom. Really? You'd start Taysom Hill over Tom Brady? Yeah, I mean, the the Saints seem to have Tom Brady's number. I mean, he did get away with 26 fantasy points, I think, in the last uh, matchup. But he easily he's easily had worse games. His first game ever with, against the... Against the Saints went poorly, and then he couldn't beat the Saints again. And I think last season he actually had pretty poor games, aside from this game. But, you know, we'll see. And another thing, too, is that, the, is that Leonard Fournette's coming on. And with that production, that will take away from Tom Brady's just passing yards in general. I mean, if, if they could just run the ball and not have to give the ball and give uh, Taysom Hill and the Saints a bunch of chances, I'm sure they would elect to do that. Because, I mean, actually, the Saints won the game last time they played. So, yeah, I, I'm I'm a little bit in, I'm not I'm not really in agreement with that. I think Tom Brady's an excellent play this week. Uh, the Saints do have a stingy defense, and they do seem to have Tom Brady's number as far as winning the game. But I think that the Saints make it at least tough for Tom, and he has to pass and interceptions. That that kind of thing doesn't hurt you that bad in fantasy. Mm-hmm. Um, and honestly, it kind of helps you in a lot of ways because it just means your quarterback has to keep throwing the ball because they just did a bad thing. So. Uh, not that you really want interceptions, but uh, they're not the worst thing ever. And so even if he does have a tough game, I expect him to still be productive. And I don't I, – I'm a big Leonard Fournette fan. I really think he's a really top-level running back for fantasy. I think you're playing him every week. But the Saints are the number one team as far as fewest fantasy points allowed to running backs per game. And so I just don't – I think they're going to shut down Leonard Fournette for the most part. You still got to play him because of how good he's been. But what I think that does mean is that Tom Brady has a good game, has to throw the ball. I think it's a hopefully a solid game for the receivers. Um, the Saints are, again, good defense, but uh, I think you're more likely to beat them in the passing game. The Saints have allowed in the, are in the top half of most points allowed per game to fantasy wide receivers, and that's top half, so that's not like that bad or anything. But um, they can get got, so they're not like a super stingy defense in that sense. So... Um, yeah, so I'm still I'm still confident in Tom Brady and all the pass catching options in Tampa Bay. Almost said New England for a second, but yeah. And then um, on the Saints side, I I think you're just playing Kamara and you're playing Taysom Hill, and I think that's uh, yeah. that's it. But uh, you're definitely did, not playing Michael Thomas. <laughs> I dare you. <laughs> <laughs> no, is there uh, is there anything before we moved on? I, is there anything you wanted to respond with about the Buccaneers? Anything? Okay. No, I think you're justified. Uh, yeah, I'm ready to dive up with the Vikings and the Bears. Yeah, and I again before we do that, I just want to say I wouldn't be surprised if it goes either way to be honest. But I'm I'm leaning towards I'm I'm feeling good about Tom having a good game. But uh, last matchup here of the week, Vikings Bears, like you said, <laughs> a an interesting Monday night game. Neither of these teams are all that good. Uh, I think the Vikings are still technically in the hunt. Um, but I don't think a lot of people are picking them to make the playoffs, um, and they haven't looked great 
recently. I mean, they barely beat the Steelers, who I don't think are that great of a team personally. Um, so, yeah, you're playing Justin Jefferson. Lost to the Lions. Yeah, he <laughs> lost to the Lions. Yeah. The only win for the Lions. Yeah. yeah. So Vikings. <laughs> Let's go Vikings, yeah. Uh, Justin Jefferson had a solid game last week and has been excellent on the year, but I want to say last week he got missed so many times by Kirk Cousins. He could have had like a 40, 40 point week and he had 20. So that was super disappointing. You tell that to uh, an Odell owner. <laughs> <laughs> All right, yeah. Wait, right, that's fair. Perspective is nice. You were right. Um, yeah, so you're playing Justin Jefferson, but I really hope he's got, he's got so much potential. I love that guy. I love Justin <laughs> Jefferson. He could have had a better week than he had last week. Is all I want people to know. It's not his fault. Yeah, I get it. Uh, Tyler Conklin, fine play at tight end if you need somebody. Sleeper quarterback, Kirk Cousins. People continue to sleep on Kirk Cousins, and he is very streamable. Like I said, he barely missed Kirk or not Kirk. Kirk Cousins barely missed Justin Jefferson on a few passes that would have for sure been touchdowns in their last game. Like, he was wide open and, like, missed him high on a couple, like, I don't know if there was too much pressure or like just unlucky on a couple, but yeah, they could have had. They definitely both could have had some more fantasy points. Um, you're right about him being a sleeper. Uh, Justin Fields, I think, is low key a sleeper in uh, two quarterback, uh, two quarterback leagues as well. You'd have to be brave. I don't like him in this matchup. I I do. I don't think that the I don't think Minnesota has a stingy defense in any way. Um, I think they're fired up. I think Mike Zimmer is a good defensive coordinator. I think that they can get it going. And I, I really don't think, more than that, I don't think that the Bears are the offense to just stymie a team. So I think that this is a good get-right game for the Vikings. Maybe Coach Zimmer can almost salvage his job with this uh, win. I don't it's kind of sad that it's uh, come to that for him. I really like Mike Zimmer. And I feel like the general opinion is that he will get fired, but I don't think he deserves it. Yeah, I respect that opinion. I definitely think Mike Zimmer's a fine head coach. Um, I think he will get fired, and I think he deserves to get fired. I think sometimes it's just time for a coach to move on. I think that's time for Mike Zimmer right now. I'm not trying to say anything bad about Mike Zimmer, but uh, I do think it's his, it's his time to move on. And just before I moved on about Justin Fields, uh, the Vikings are allowing the third most fantasy points per game to quarterbacks. In Justin Fields, I'm not expecting a huge game, but I'm expecting him to use his legs, and I think that he is going to have that rushing uh, baseline at the very least. So that that's why I was saying Justin Fields as a quarterback, too. Um, but yeah, and then you could play Darnell Mooney as a solid play, I think. Um, do you agree with that? Yeah, I think you could. Um, he's maybe not... He's kind of fringe for me. He's a fringe play just because he's very hot and cold, but... If you need a lot of points, I would throw them out there. Yeah, that's a great. Yeah, I was gonna say as well. Yeah, if you need a, if you're looking like you might lose your matchup, he he could be a really great guy to throw yeah. out there. He has had two point nine points and seven point seven points in his last uh, two games respectively. Those were though against two of the best defenses in the NFL, Green Bay and then Arizona previously. In his two games before that, at Detroit and against Baltimore, he had seventeen and a half and twenty three points respectively. So. Um, I think it could be matchup dependent for Darnell Mooney, and it's Minnesota, so mm-hmm. it's a good matchup. But uh, anything else in that matchup, Andrew, or any other matchup that you wanted to mention uh, before we moved on to our final segment of defensive streamers? No, I think we hit it all. Awesome. So, 
Final segment here, as usual, we have our defensive streamers. I'll give you my top five in order, and then as well as some honorable mentions. So, honorable mentions going out to Arizona playing Detroit, Buffalo playing Carolina, Tampa Bay playing New Orleans. Um, All three of those defenses are highly owned and rostered in most leagues, so um, don't mention them as streamers, but they are obviously great plays and would be the top three defenses this week in that order, starting with Arizona. So, of the five that you might actually have been able to find on your waiver wires or might still be there even, starting from the top, we got Dallas playing the Giants, Miami versus the Jets, San Francisco playing Atlanta, Philadelphia playing Washington, the Rams taking on Seattle in, uh, in that order. So, again, starting with Dallas, ending with the Rams, Dallas, Miami, San Francisco, Philadelphia, and then Los Angeles Rams. Did you mention Buffalo? Yeah, in the honorable mentions. The Buffalo is just owned in over ninety yeah. percent. If they're available, so. they're my number one pick yeah. defense this week. A sleeper team that I will add, uh I don't think you said this, but Jacksonville against Houston. I did not add now that, with no. this breaking news that changes everything. Uh one thing to look out for when you're getting defenses is when a team has an interim coach, they play for that interim coach. And when they're playing a team like the Texans, there's an opportunity to get some points there, especially for a defense and a special team. So if you're desperate, I would throw the Jaguars in there. I'd certainly throw them in there before I'd throw the Texans in there. I uh, I would probably do the Texans first, but I would feel terrible about both of I get that. The interim coach, what I wanted to say is that they either play four and play hard and have a great game, which is totally possible, or they just are terrible. So... I think it goes either way, and that's just not something I necessarily want to jump into uh, for my playoff matchup, you know what I mean? I could also see the Rams potentially having a good game. I actually feel better about the Jaguars against the Texans than I do about the Rams, but the Rams are playing the Seahawks, and as any Seattle fan knows, the Rams kind of have the Seahawks number, so that's something to think about. The Rams would be my eighth overall ranked defense this week versus Seattle, so anyways... That's going to conclude it for everything on this show for this episode seven, uh, 17. Excuse me. I almost forgot what episode it was. That's concluded everything for episode 17 for week 15. Again, thank you, Andrew, for helping host this episode. I appreciate you having coming on. I'm sure you'll be on again soon. Um, but, yeah, I appreciate, appreciate everybody listening, and I hope you guys are able to win your matchups and win your leagues. So good luck in the playoffs, everybody, and we'll see you again next week. Shout out to Urban Meyer.